Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. Are you ready for your midterm exams? They're coming right up. This can be a really stressful time in the semester, but you can look at it in a positive way. This means you are at the halfway mid-mark point. Reflect for a moment and think about how much you've learned in just a half of a semester. It's quite a lot of information, and that's what makes your midterm exams so stressful. They're usually heavily weighted in the course, and they cover a lot of different modules of information and content. In this episode, we're going to talk about some of the best ways that you can tackle being prepared to take your midterm exams and some of the things that you can do as a student to really maximize your time, efficiency, and outcomes. Okay, so how do you get started in preparing yourself for your midterm exams? Believe it or not, the best thing to do is make a study plan. And this study plan really includes an outline for you on what times you're going to study and what you're going to study during those times. Just like if you have a schedule going to classes or a work schedule or family schedule, it provides you with chunks of time where you are going to dedicate your time to studying And in that study plan, you're actually going to say, this is the class that I'm studying during this time, and this is the content in that class that I'm going to study during that time. Now, you want to focus your attention on your strengths. Remember, you need to understand what your learning style preferences are, and that's why I have my students take the VARC assessment at the beginning of the semester to determine if they're a hands-on kinesthetic learner, a visual learner, an auditory learner, or a multimodal learner. Maybe you're a person who has to touch it, feel it, see it, and hear it. And for your specific learning style, you might need diagrams, or you might need a model, or a coloring page, or maybe you need to hear a podcast, or listen to a voice-recorded PowerPoint so you can see the pictures with it. It's really important for you to focus your attention on understanding how you learn best so that you can create your study plan and in that time, spend your time reviewing the information the way that you learn. It's important to tackle the tough content first while you have more energy and more time before the exam. So if there's some content that maybe you've been quizzed on in some of the other assessments and you didn't do so well in those competencies, spend some extra time covering that tough content first early on in your study plan. Another thing that you can do is ask questions of the professor. Some professors will give you information about the exam. And although they might not tell you exactly what's on the exam, they may be more apt to tell you about the design of the actual exam. Maybe they'll tell you some of the content to focus your attention on, and they might tell you the design of the questions involved, whether they're essay questions or multiple choice questions or fill in the blank questions. 
and this will help you understand what's coming at you on test day. All right, so you've looked at your calendar and you've put your study plan together. Now there's different methods that work for students to understand content and information. Some people like to put visual images and associate them with words. And what that does is it makes connections. Some students work really well at understanding information if they can have a visual picture and almost visualize that picture when they see a question that reminds them of that picture on the exam. Another way that students learn and are able to recall information is to use acronyms and mnemonic devices. And this kind of helps you, I find this especially helpful with the cranial nerves, but an acronym is a combination of letters or like the phone number for the eruption dates that I've shared with you. Acronyms and mnemonics and different weird little things really help you remember the order of items in a series or help you actually recall pertinent information about certain content. And this can be really helpful for students, when, especially when it's hard content to put in the right order. You may also have used the hide, write, compare strategy. Um, so that's learning how to look at a word, cover it, try to write it correctly yourself, like if you're learning how to spell something. So maybe you've read a chapter in your textbook and you've written down all the important terms. You can test your knowledge of those terms by recalling the information, covering up the definition or making a flashcard, right? So when you do handwritten uh, recall of information and then almost like a self-study where you're testing yourself, it's really important to review chunks of information and then take the time to force yourself to recall the information. This does something in your brain to help you remember the information better. I mean, oftentimes we just think if we just look everything over, over and over and over, we'll do really well. But you actually learn better if you look things over take the time to recall the information, especially the important terms and subject matter that maybe the professor has pointed out to you. And then by recalling that information, it creates a more solid depth of understanding in your brain. Now, this will provide you with more efficient study habits if you do a little chunk of time and then you take the time to do recall. I highly recommend doing that. Another way that people use studying to be helpful for remembering things is to do an analogy. There's lots of ways that you can create an analogy or a common bond between things. For example, in our oral anatomy lab, the mesial cusp slope is shorter than the distal cusp slope. And we had a student use the analogy of a mullet to remember that that cusp slope on the mesial side, on the front side, is short, and in the back, the distal cusp slope is longer. So sometimes having an analogy or a metaphor will take something that might be more complicated and make it really easy to recall when you are taking a test or trying to answer a question. Now, some students like to do practice quiz questions, and I'm not a real fan of this because I almost think that sometimes students just end up spending way too much time taking practice test questions and not studying all of the content that their professors have given them, such as self-studies 
or the coloring packets like I provide students because those give all the different learning styles an opportunity to learn information. And they're presented in a variety of ways. We're taking a practice test. Mm, it's an assessment of how well you know that particular question and that content. And it's not really a true assessment or a great way to spend your time. Although it will show you where your weaker areas are, which may help you figure out how to tackle the tough content first. So maybe if you have enough time, one of the earlier things you can do is take test questions and review them to see maybe where you need to start your studying. But I think too often students spend a lot of time with quizlets or flashcards of questions and it doesn't really help them understand the content. It just helps them memorize those questions. So I don't think it's really useful for passing a midterm exam, especially when you know that ahead of you is a national board exam that is much more multi-layered level three type questions that will have to force you to recall content that is detailed, way more detailed than memorizing a practice test question. Review the learning objectives that are in the modules and turn those learning objectives into questions. I would rather you do that than take practice test questions. If you take the learning objectives in the modules and you turn them into questions that you can figure out the answers to, then you technically understand all of the content that is measured in that module from that professor. Learning objectives in course design actually help create the questions that are on the exams. So by understanding how professors put tests together and measure outcomes and learning objectives really helps you as the student figure out what's on the test. Looking at those learning objectives, that's the information that's on the test when you look in those modules. So definitely do not underestimate the benefit of taking a look at the learning objectives. I think it's also really important to take really good notes. When you are in lecture, it's hard to take good notes and listen to your faculty at the same time. You want to really be mindful about listening as carefully as you can during lectures. And then after you leave your class, you can write your notes out in longhand. Draw pictures, add comments, go back into the self studies and into the textbook and add more information in your rewritten notes. And that will really help you when you're reviewing things. And I know this might feel really outdated to have handwritten notes, but I assure you it's way more effective than writing a ton of flashcards and it will provide you with a really nice final study guide when you get to the end of your journey and you're trying to remember content and you're studying for your board exams. The other thing that's really helpful for having really organized, well-developed notes is to do the reading before you come to class so that you're not spending your time hearing the information for the first time. Now, I know this might be a little late if you're just getting ready to take your midterm exams, but as you go forward, you will have way better written notes in your class if it's not the first time you've heard the information. So if you take notes 
on stuff that you've already reviewed in your textbook and already reviewed in the content covered on your learning management software, you will be way ahead and you will see if you do this, that your notes come much easier in class and things seem a little easier to understand. It'll really help you if you come prepared to class to also be a really good listener. Because it's not the first time you're hearing the information, when you're at your lecture, your faculty will be explaining the information in a way that really makes a lot more sense to you. So your listening skills will help your notes come out better so that they turn into a study guide for you. It's really important that you just find a note-taking method that works for you. Sometimes students will title the top of their notes and then they'll put keywords and questions on the left-hand column and they'll divide the page up into two sides. And so they'll put keywords and questions on the left and then they'll actually put in key thoughts and maybe some of the acronyms or analogies that the, that the lecturer has recommended or discussed as it relates to those keywords and questions. And it really turns into a nice study guide when you get to test taking time. Some students like to do their, depending on the type of learner they are, they'll take the content and turn it into a concept map. And concept mapping for some students is really beneficial depending on how they learn information. Some students, it really helps them, especially if it's complicated information, to really break it down into small, manageable pieces. So you'll have like your main topic, and then you'll divide that main topic into maybe three or four subtopics. I can't stress enough the importance of a study group. When you put minds together, it just really helps create depth of learning. So when you are meeting with your study group, you can compare notes because you may have missed an important concept or point and someone else happened to grab the attention of that concept or point. So between everyone in your study group, you can really develop some nice notes. I always found it to be really helpful after class to review my notes when I was no longer in a rush or a hurry to make the notes. Once I had time, I could rewrite my notes and really organize and edit them. And then I could put highlights on key points and underline things that was really emphasized or stressed in class. And it's okay to take notes outside of class when you're studying or doing homework questions. Add to your notes, make them very comprehensive because now you'll have this wonderful study guide. And for some students, when they're studying for the midterm, sometimes just rewriting and organizing their notes, they're reviewing the content. But remember, you also have to go back and give yourself time to recall the information that you have reviewed. So quizzing yourself is an important way to see if that content is sticking in your brain. I can't talk about preparing for midterm exams without mentioning the word stress. Usually midterm exams are high stakes exams. They're worth a higher percentage, right, than some of the other assessments. And so you have to consider that there's going to be higher anxiety levels and a little bit more stress involved. I want you stress is a natural response to maybe I don't know what's on the exam or I don't know how well I'm going to do. So anything that has weight to it 
where you are being asked to perform a task, it's going to create a natural amount of stress. I do want to just point out that that is stress that goes away after you get your test results, right? So recognize that that stress is a normal part of being a student going through a high stakes assessment. The other problem that exists is that sometimes you get stress and it might become more than you can handle and you can't even study, finish your assignments or even begin to get yourself focused enough to study and accomplish your goals. And that's a little bit more harmful stress, right, to your body. So you want to understand how stress impacts your body. So some of the side effects associated with stress are headaches, fatigue, insomnia, difficulty sleeping at night, resting, um, all kinds of things that go on in your body. But know that as you move past midterms, this should subside. And so this is very normal. And everyone tells you to take a deep breath. Taking deep breaths helps you, it really does. And the other thing, when you're studying, don't try to cram. Take frequent breaks, it really gets the blood flowing. All right, and one of the things people do is they sometimes will drink lots of caffeine or order late pizzas when they're studying for exams. You want to avoid that stuff because it actually contributes to the inflammation process and, and stress. So the other thing I just want to, you know, emphasize is that this, you being enrolled in a dental hygiene program is just for a season. So it is okay to say no to your friends. Okay, you have to make sacrifices in order to be prepared for your exams. Just tell your friends and family, this is just temporary. I just have to get through this program. It's going to pay off in dividends if you just allow yourself the focused time without interruption, no text messaging, no email answering, no scrolling through, you know, TikTok and Twitter, none of that. And you just give yourself that focused time. So don't be afraid to say no to friends and family who ask you to do other things and try to avoid that procrastinating. By procrastinating, this just puts more stress on you and adds to all of those side effects caused by stress. All right, so good test-taking strategies. Always ask the faculty what's on the exam. They may tell you some material. They, may, uh, they might tell you the exam layout, but definitely ask, because if you don't ask, you won't know. Don't cram the night before. I actually think that the night before, it just increases your stress level. It really just makes, there's no new content that's going to come into your brain the night before. Be physically ready. Get, go out for a nice walk the day before. Get yourself plenty of rest so that you are ready to go. Your brain has had as much as it can as far as sleep and relaxation recovery so that it is able to recall all of this inflammation. Read the questions carefully when you're taking the exam. So many times I've met with students and they just, they rushed and they didn't read the question carefully. And that's where anxiety comes in, all right? When you open up the test and you're taking a look at the whole exam, scroll through to give yourself a plan. And if you just take a minute or so to scroll through the whole exam 
and then go back to question one, it will help put your mind at ease. Okay, there's this many questions, there's this many whatever, and then it gives you a plan, and then you just go back to number one. It gives you more knowledge and understanding about what's on the test so that you can focus on one question at a time. So read each question closely. Sometimes there'll be things in bold or italic or underlined. Those are important indicators in a question that will guide you to the right answer. Now, I know this is a hard one. Don't get distracted during the exam. If somebody finishes the exam in 20 minutes and they stand up and walk out the door, don't start talking to yourself about being inadequate or I can't believe they're done and I'm not finished and this means I'm not prepared and I'm not, you know, there's all this self-talk that goes on. Do, and now you're not focused on your test, okay? So don't get distracted by other people in the classroom and really just focus on your screen, on your studying, on your questions. Study those questions as you go. Really look for the emphasis words. Don't get distracted from other people, right? So it's okay to recognize that distractions happen, but force yourself to hone in on your task. You wanna look for key words in some of those longer questions so that you can really figure out what the question is asking. And sometimes if you have a case study question, it's best to read the question that's being asked and then read the case study because then you are looking for the answer to that question in the case study. Far too often, students will read the whole case study and then they'll read the question and then they have to go back and read the whole case study again. And it saves time, especially if I'm telling you to slow down and read each question carefully. It saves time if you read the question and then read the case study so you know what you're looking for. Hopefully that makes sense to you. Now, just as important after the exam, just as important as all the steps that bring you to the exam, there's things that you should do after the exam. Most students like to torture themselves by comparing their answers with everyone else. This contributes to their high stress and anxiety and worry. Waiting for the grade to come in, they start analyzing. They don't talk about all the questions they got right typically. Sometimes they focus on those one or two questions that are in debate. And those could be questions that, that, that end up getting thrown out. And you've created all this stress for yourself for no reason at all. And it's all based on your memory in a high stakes, anxiety provoking test environment. So your memory and recall after an exam don't waste your time reviewing it with other people. It will just stress you out. If I were you, I would just go do something fun and relaxing, right? Check it off that you finished your midterm exam and you've been high stress for who knows how many days. Let's just chill out. Now go get yourself a coffee or a latte at your favorite place and just chill a little bit. Once you've received your test back, or you've reviewed it with your faculty, then you can take a look at the areas where you struggled so that you can make progress as you move forward towards your final exams. You'll know what content that you need to tackle as you move forward. That is a better way to spend your time after the exam. Definitely sign up for an appointment to review your exam with faculty because the worst thing you can do is repeat the same content errors in future assessments. Best of luck to all of you as you go forward in your midterm.
one other thing I just want to mention. Go into the exam with a positive mindset. Have really positive things to say about yourself. Speak highly of yourself before you engage with the exam. You don't want to go in having negative self-talk about your abilities or your preparedness. If you use good study strategies and time management, review the learning objectives, use your library resources, and tackle the tough content, and you put the time in, you will be well prepared for your midterms. Do not fall into the ditch of negative self-talk. I promise you, positive self-talk is the best medicine you can give yourself when going into a midterm exam. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.